Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast on this beautiful Monday, the 10th of May, 2021. Trust you've had a phenomenal weekend wherever you are in the world and looking forward to taking advantage of all of the opportunities that will no doubt be presented to you and your team this week. And uh, recording a podcast a little bit later than normal, uh, it's actually 5 p.m. in the evening uh, here in the Macedon Ranges, just finished running a workshop for an organization, so I thought... Uh, Just jump on and record some thoughts on that, and uh, hopefully this will be of value to you and your team when it comes to striving towards being that exceptional sales letter, but also the exceptional team. And the topic I want to talk about today is in relation to problem solving. Now, it's, um, it's fair to say that everybody, whether you're a leader, whether you're running a big team, a small team, or whether in fact you're an individual contributor, uh, we all have problems or challenges that we are faced with, almost on a daily basis. Now, some problems are bigger than others, but it's fair to say that we have to deal with uh, challenges every single day, and no single day tends to be the same as the previous day, nor will it be the same as tomorrow, because there's always something that just when you think you've nailed some stuff, uh, there'll be something that comes from left field, which means we have to get really good at problem solving. And that's certainly one thing as a leader that I had to learn uh, the hard way, is that there's always gonna be some form of challenge that you're presented with, And it's an opportunity to take that challenge, overcome that challenge, and use that as a platform for growth. So leadership is not smooth sailing. And I've said many, many times, leadership is not necessarily for everybody, nor is it easy. But those of us who choose to be in a leadership role or take on some form of leadership capacity or some form of influencing stance, we need to get good at, first of all, identifying problems, but second of all, creating environments where problems can be solved, because it's the only way we can make progress. And I've said many times, and certainly this is a message to sales teams in particular, that not only is sales the ultimate form of service, but when you, really when you think about it, what sales is at its core is strategic problem solving. So customers that are taking your product, your service, they obviously have a need, and sometimes that need is not necessarily known before they start talking to you and interacting with you. But if we can identify a problem and articulate this problem even better than the customer or potential customer can articulate it themselves, then we get placed in a very strong position to be able to provide a solution because the customer or potential customer believes that if we can articulate a problem so well, then we must have a solution to their particular problem, which makes selling selling a lot easier when we focus on uh, uh, filling needs, identifying needs and filling problems and solving problems rather than just trying to to flog a product. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about some not specific uh, methodology around problem solving, but one of the key bedrocks of problem solving that many people tend to overlook, and that is being really granular on first defining a problem. Because it's absolutely impossible to work on something if you don't know what it is that you're working on. So we've got to get crystal clear on what the problem is. And this is where a lot of people fall short, is they think they they think they can define a problem based on what's in front of them. But often, the problem is not necessarily the real problem or there's a root uh, cause of a problem they haven't yet articulated or uncovered. And therefore, going straight into solution mode can result in us working on and providing solutions for things that really are not required. 
Now, what this can lead to is going down rabbit holes and not necessarily making the progress that we would like to make as a sales team and certainly not helping the customer make progress that ultimately they would like to make by really solving the core problem. So one of the things we talked about today in the workshop was, first of all, getting really, really clear on defining the problem because it sounds so obvious that, of course, you need to be able to define a problem first before you can solve a problem, but it's amazing how many people go straight into solution mode without spending enough time or near enough time analyzing the problem from different perspectives and really getting granular on what the actual problem is that you need to solve, getting down to the root cause. A lot of it's going to be surface-based, so you can find yourself running off in different tangents and down rabbit holes sometimes, providing solutions to things that really add no tangible value. So I shared with the team today eight essentials to defining a problem, and these are suggestions to uh, define a problem from different perspectives and do that easily and efficiently so that it provides a platform that when it comes to putting some thought into solving the problem, we've now clearly identified the problem because we've looked at things from multiple different perspective. So you pretty much have all the bases covered by using uh, one, two, three, or all of these eight essentials when it comes to defining a problem. So I just want to go through each of these at a really high level and ask and, and ask you to ask yourself when it comes to problem solving, when it comes to looking at problems, have you spent some time really getting granular on defining what the actual problem is? And have you used some of these techniques in order to do that? Because chances are, if you're not delivering solutions to those problems or you're not getting the results that you would ideally like or your key stakeholders would like, then chances are you're not using all of these to your best advantage and therefore there might be some gaps that you can start looking at filling and hopefully this is going to be of value to you and your team. So let's go through these at a really high level. The first one is when it comes to defining a problem, re potentially rephrase the problem. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes what we want to see is not what other people are going to see. They'll have a different perspective. So we need to uh, look at that, look at the problem that we've created, look at the problem that's in front of us, and maybe just rephrase it. Use some different words or look at behind the actual problem to see whether there's something a little bit deeper that might be happening that's resulting in the problem being presented to us. So as an example, uh, and I'll use this example today, that our sales are decreasing. Now, if that is the problem, and that, that might be at a surface level, sales are actually re reducing. But if we were to look at that and rephrase some of the wording, and instead of saying our sales are decreasing, we could rephrase it to say, well, our new sales are the same as last year, or our sales have decreased by 16% over last year, or our market share is decreasing, or competition is increasing. Or it could well be that our incoming complaint calls have increased by 25%. By doing this rephrasing, what we can do is we can determine that the real problem isn't necessarily that the sales team are performing poorly. It may well be there's a reason for it, and it could well be that the complaints have increased. So there's something else we need to investigate. So we've now rephrased the problem to find out what the real problem actually is. So that's the first one, rephrasing. The second one is to explore and challenge assumptions. Now, we as people, as humans, and certainly as leaders, we can be very susceptible to making a lot of assumptions. And these can really interfere with getting an accurate view of a particular problem. Now, when we're defining a problem, we identify as many assumptions as we possibly can. And what that does, it helps us to clarify the problem. Now, when we can identify these assumptions, the next thing is to test each assumption and to find out if some of these are actually wrong or have we imposed things on uh, the situation or on the problem based on our own view, based on our own, uh, our own assumptions, based on our own biases, based on our own perspectives. 
because one common assumption that we place can actually cloud our judgment when it comes to clearly defining a problem. Now, one of the key ones that I hear a lot is, oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it all. We can't make any changes because this is the way we've always done things. And this, this pretty much says that people are stuck in their ways in a lot of cases and they're not necessarily susceptible to change, nor are they open to perhaps possibilities that maybe their approach of doing things is not necessarily the best way or the most effective way to do things. And therefore, they're imposing problems, which is based on their own assumptions. So getting clear on what those assumptions are and then exposing them is a, is a classic way of actually uh, starting to better define the problem. The third one is to use facts. Now, sometimes we, we see a problem and we just want to jump straight into it and go into solution mode. And whilst there's nothing wrong with that, because a lot of people like to get straight into solution mode as quickly as possible because they want to be doing something, a lot of it potentially can be based on opinions or at least our versions of what we think the facts are, rather than taking more of a non-emotional approach and really looking and asking questions about, okay, what is the situation or what are the facts in relation to this situation that I can look at in a really pragmatic way? So asking questions and gathering information that will honestly describe the problem which enables us to get really specific. And only when we do that can we be in a position to then potentially solve the problem. The essential point number four is to grow our thinking. Now, problems are often related to other problems. So they can be uh, a small element of a larger issue. So this element of, of problem definition includes considering problems as part of something bigger. So if you think about, okay, how does this fit into the bigger picture? If that's the case, then I can get a much better level of context in relation to how does my problem fit into that big picture? And by doing this, it might just re uh, reveal what are some potential solutions that I can put in place. So asking questions under this point are things like, okay, what's this problem actually connected to? What's this an example of? Uh, what, is, what is the big picture here? Where have I seen this before? So getting really clear on how this particular problem fits into the bigger, in the bigger scheme of things. And it just gives it, it expands our thinking. And the key thing to remember about this is often when we expand our thinking in this particular case, it gives us more perspective on the size of our problem. And it means that we can, in some cases, be better equipped to deal with that problem because we now have an understanding of how it fits into the bigger picture. Which means in isolation, the problem doesn't seem as big as perhaps we thought it was when we first uh, came across the problem. Essential element number five is all about shrinking your environment even temporarily. Now, since each problem is likely to be made up of smaller problems, one way to figure it out is to split the problem into smaller pieces. What this could do is not only enable us to enhance the understanding of what the bigger problem is, but we can start thinking about, okay, what is the effect that the smaller problems actually have on each other? And so in isolation, we can start looking at the small granular problems and literally chunking it down into smaller pieces, which may mean that it's easier to solve the problems. And therefore, through doing that over time, we can solve the bigger problem because we're taking it step by step. Essential number six is looking at and practicing multiple different perspectives. Now, although the problem might be clear from your perspective, it may not necessarily be clear from everybody else's perspective. So it's a key thing here to rewrite the problem or to at least look at the problem from multiple different perspectives because chances are you'll get a much better view and a more wider view if you do that. And a classic example I use with the team today is if you're in a CBD intersection and you see a car accident and you've got four people standing on four corners of that intersection, when the police come and get the report in terms of what actually happened, 
Whilst the event was the same, you're going to have four potential different perspectives. And each of them will have some validity to it because they would have seen it from their point of view. And so when it comes to problems and defining problems, think about your problems in terms of, okay, how would my customer see this? How would my partner see this? How would my team members see this? How would my senior executive see this? And so looking at things from multiple different perspectives can give you a much clearer view of what the problem actually is and therefore enable you to be in a much better position to start solving the problem. Uh, Essential uh, number seven, therefore, is to turn it upside down or, as I say, turn it inside out. So looking at it from a completely different perspective, as an example, if you want more of something, figure out what you get less of as a result of wanting more of something. And so one of the examples I used today was if we're going to send people to an industry forum or an event or we're putting on some sort of conference and it's very expensive, well, that's one way to look at it. But if you look at it from another perspective and say, okay, what would be the benefit if we invest this money? What will the person gain by going to this industry event? Or what would we get from potential business from putting on an event? So you start looking at it from the upside, upside down perspective or the inside out perspective. It can give you a different uh, a view. And therefore, if you start to consider some of the consequences of that, it actually gives you, again, a wider view of the problem. And again, an opportunity to better solve the problem. And then the last one, point number eight or essential number eight is to uh, reframe the problem purposefully and also positively. And we use this a lot in coaching. And I use the example of um, Bert Newton actually who was in the paper today having had, unfortunately, one of his legs amputated due to a uh, due to an infection. And it was a choice of either doing that or potentially shortening significantly his life expectancy from this point based on based on the infection that he had in his, I think it was his toe. And so some people would look at that and say, the problem is, oh my God, you've, you've had your leg amputated. But to reframe that, to saying, okay, thank God I've had my leg amputated because now I have a life expectancy of five to 10 years longer than I would have if I kept my leg based on the situation that I found myself in. So really looking at the problem and reframing it to make sure that you're looking at the positive side and the positive aspects of that particular problem. So in summary, when you, when you can describe the problem clearly, often the solution has a funny way of presenting itself. But too often we don't spend a near enough time trying to articulate and identify what the actual problem is. We go straight into solution mode. And failure to identify the problem properly can often send us off on different tangents and we can start going into solution mode and fixing things that may not even, uh, well, resolve the original problem but it actually may accentuate the existing problem and we don't want to create situations where we're looking at the same problem in three months or in six months or in 12 months time. So this was really an eye-opener for the team today because it meant that they had a lot of challenges on their plate and on a daily basis they're having to deal with problems, define problems and therefore come up with problem-solving techniques and decision-making around that. So they found that really useful and hopefully you also find that to be of value. So the key message added today is when you've got a challenge, when you've got an obstacle, when you've got a problem, before we jump straight into solution mode, get really, really granular on defining what the problem actually is and really spend some time in doing that. As Albert Einstein was once reported as saying that if he had an hour to save the world, he would spend 55 minutes of that hour really defining what the actual problem was and then five minutes determining what the solution was going to be to save the world. So that's the key message today. Spend more time defining what the problem looks like, and you'll be in a much better position to therefore create and then implement a solution to solve that problem. So with that said, if you'd like some help with your problem solving, and if you'd like some help with taking your leadership to the exceptional sales leader level, you know the drill. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on a Zoom call, have a conversation about what the program looks like for you, 
and get you up and running to being an exceptional sales leader in under 90 days. So look forward to that conversation. And of course, look forward to, as always, speaking with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.